So glad to see you this morning to get to, to get to be here and to be here together. Appreciate Bill bringing the financial information before us. It is, as he said, a, an important aspect of what we do. If we're going to function, we have to deal with the financial aspects of it as we deal with things in a spiritual way. I want you to think about something this morning. If you listen to the scripture that was read that Bill shared with us at the beginning of the worship, John 14 is not an unfamiliar passage to many of us who study the Bible. It's one of those common and well-known passages, I think, especially that sixth verse when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. I want you to notice that phrase, I am the way. I call this lesson, You Just Gotta Know the way. A little play on words, but still it's there. You know, we live in a time where maybe some things are easier to get around than they, they once were. You know, got cars and equipment that's, you know, those phones that are, that have that GPS, so forth, the po global positioning stuff, satellite positioning put onto it and everything. So it's easy to know where you are and where other things are. And, you know, it kind of almost done away with all those folded maps and atlases that were stuck in your car and some of you are thinking well I still use a folded map and an atlas and and everything and to those of you who are saying that I say welcome to the 20th century I said 20th maybe one day you'll get to the 21st century that's what my wife tells me every now and then but maybe maybe one day you'll get there but you understand what I'm saying seriously we we should at least admit that these digital maps and their opportunities they provide for us are, are beneficial, letting you know where you are as well as directing you in the best way possible to where you're trying to go. Generally, they work out great, but they haven't always been around, have they? Sometimes we've dealt with things without some of that. Sometimes we've been without maps and where we are. I love to tell the story of my friends and I uh, getting somewhat, somewhat, I want to be careful, somewhat lost while hunting in the Cooks and Hills in eastern Oklahoma when we were we were still teenagers and off, and I don't know what kind of parents would let their teenagers that were even, weren't even old enough to drive except just one of them go off into the hills somewhere with a bunch of guns. Just not very bright parents, but, but we did, and took off hunting in the Cooks and Hills, went into places we didn't know, and we were young and dumb, and we didn't have a compass or anything like that. We found a place to camp, set up our camp, and went about our business. Next day, went out following some deer trails, and before long, we realized we didn't know where we were. We didn't know where our camp was. We didn't know what direction we had taken. It was somewhat cloudy day. We couldn't even see where the sun was, so we didn't know which direction we needed to go, and there we were. Well, to make the short story as long as possible, we did, we did, uh, we were able to find the road and to make our way back to the camp where we had come from. Um, you know, we don't like to admit that we were really lost, big tough boys that we were. But, you know, we, need, we were, and we weren't sure where we were. And we needed something to help us figure out how to get back to where we, where we came from. You know, the fact is, when you know the way, when you're convinced of it, you know the way, and that's just the way it is. But when you don't, you've got a couple of choices to make. You can wander around and hope for the best. I guess you could just sit down. Maybe that would be a third choice and not go anywhere. But generally, if you want to find your way, you wander around and hope for the very best until you find the way, or, or you can find someone who knows the way or something to help you knowing the way and follow the instructions that are given to you. 
That's the way it works. You can wander around lost, or you can find someone or something that can tell you exactly where you are and where you need to go. You may well remember that young man in the 19th chapter of Matthew, that young man that came to Jesus with a question. What good thing might I do to inherit eternal life? Here's a young man who knew where he wanted to go, but maybe there was a certain amount of uncertainty. Oh, yes, he knew about the law, and maybe he felt pretty good about his direction and what he was doing, but there still was maybe just a little bit of uncertainty in him in the answer to finding eternal life. He may have thought he had the right directions, but just wanted confirmation, as I said. It's hard to say what was in his mind, but maybe it's fitting. The thing that he did do that was right, as I said, the thing that he did do that was right was to ask the question and to ask the question of the one who was and knew the way. Jesus said, I am the way. So if you're trying to get somewhere, in some way or another, you just kind of got to know the way. What we need to figure out is what we're looking for and is it possible? Is it possible to find it? Really, if you get to the heart of it, and I know individual courses we take and everything, but really we're all looking for something similar that's tied to all of those things. We're all looking for something of the same thing. We want peace, comfort. We want security in our lives. We're really looking a whole lot for the same thing. But the question still needs to be asked. I think about those followers of John who pointed to Jesus, went after him, and when Jesus looked at them and said, what are you looking for? He said, we want to know where you're going. We want to know where you're staying. And Jesus said, come and see, and he pointed them in that direction. Or as I said, this rich young man who came after Jesus, what might I do? How do I get to where I'm trying to go is what he was asking. I've got to say that when we're looking to find something, if it's possible, it may breed a certain amount of uncertainty. And where there is uncertainty there will be doubt. And where there is doubt, hearts will be troubled, especially when it comes to faith. Because Jesus points us, he points us to the value of trusting faith. You believe in God, believe also in me. They, those who he initially was talking to, those disciples who were closest to him, knew what God had done. They knew what their history told them. They knew how God had brought them to this land. They knew the promises that were there. They had a long-term relationship with God. But Jesus said, believe also in me. They needed, we need, to know what Jesus has to offer. If there's going to be any trusting faith, it comes from experience and knowledge that God has. But it also comes down to believing in the one who God sent to do this. Maybe it's a little bit, we're a little bit like the song says, all this time I was finding myself, <laughs> I really didn't know I was lost. But you know, even if we don't feel like we're really lost or there's some great, great search going on in our lives, I think there is within each of us, just stay with me in this, there is within us an innate character that seems to be looking to find what has not yet been found. We're always looking to the horizon, looking to the next day, to the next week, to the next month, to the next year. We're always looking 
forward, knowing that it's coming. I think there is an innate characteristic within us that longs to find what tomorrow holds. What can it be? Can it be better? Could it be something good? We're looking for something like that. And that's the way it is. Societies, when we come together, are always looking to find that, that completion, that kind of utopia that really doesn't fully exist. Because when we determine that there is a utopia, I guess, even individually or as a society, we ultimately find it maybe it's just beyond the next hill, the next horizon, the next place. Is it possible? But we don't want to give up. Maybe we've been looking in the wrong places. Maybe we've been looking in the right places, we hope. I love this quote from Les Brown, motivational speaker. He says, the graveyard... The graveyard is the richest place on earth. Odd statement. He said, because it is here that you find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled, the books that were never written, the songs that were never sung, the inventions that were never shared, the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was too afraid to take the first step. Keep with the problem. Are determined to carry out their dreams. They quit, in other words. What are we looking to find? Have we just satisfied ourselves? Has we just stopped? Have we stopped learning, stopped growing, stopped seeking? Have we determined we've gone as far as we can go? Let me offer to you two steps briefly. One is, one, believing in the possibility. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. And the second step is find that direction. Jesus said there are two directions that we can go in life. One is that broad is that wide gate, that broad gate and that wide way that leads to destruction, Matthew 7:13. But he goes on to describe that there is there is that narrow gate, that confined way, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. I had it backwards, but you got the meaning of it. That leads to life. And few, he says, find it. Believe in the possibility and two, find the direction. And with that, Jesus tells us there is a place for you. You got to believe that. There is a place for you. And in our Father's house, there is always room. He says, in my Father's house are many Mansions. I'll come back to that in just a moment. But the idea that there's always a place for you. I love going to my grandparents' place, their old fishing place in the summertime. I'd love to go there and spend time there because there was always another bed. There was always another place to sleep. There was always a little bit more food on the table spread out for everyone to eat. That's just the way it was. A little more food to share. I think about Jesus telling his disciples who had found a small amount of fish and bread. And he said, you feed them. You feed them. God always has more for us to eat. And I think about, when I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking about uh, a biography that Bill Fleming loaned to me some years ago about Sergeant Alvin York. And it talked about how, you, about Sergeant York and how that he would just, he'd meet people out and he would just invite them home. To supper, you never knew who was going to be sitting around their table, and his wife just always prepared enough, and they just made it go a little bit further when they would sit down to eat. They would just make room. In my Father's house, Jesus said. 
That's where we are accepted and embraced. In my Father's house, that's where we are. In my Father's house. I think the term mansions is really not a good use of terms. I think it, it, the term that is used there is trying to get across there is a blessed place for you. The Father's house is a place that you can call home, where you can be comfortable, where you can be safe, where you can be warm, where you can be what you need to be accepted and embraced. My Father's house is the place where you belong. For in my Father's house, there are no second-class citizens. We don't have any second-class citizens here in God's house. We don't have any second-class citizens in the body of Christ. We're all either in or we are out. We are either His or we are not. There are no second-class citizens within the family of God. That's what Jesus is saying. I prepared a place for you. We belong within his kingdom. We belong in his home now and eternally. No second-class places there. We have been adopted family members whereby, whereby we can all cry, Our Father, Romans 8, 14, and 15, where we have brothers and Christ is our brother. In my Father's house, there is a place for you. And that's where you are accepted. That's where you are embraced. That's where you belong. So let me go back to the phrase. And Jesus said, I am the way. Don't limit it to simply being a road or a pathway. I really don't think Jesus is saying, I am the avenue that will ultimately lead you to God. Yes, there is that, but there is more of a personification of it involved within this. He is the identity. He is, as I said, the personification. He is God in the flesh. He is the personification of the Father. If we have him, we have the Father. If we have the Father... We have him, not one without the other, not one leading to the other, but the, in him we have the Father. What he did for us is he put the way, the truth, and the life together to recognize that this is where we live. And the question then comes down, what do you have when you won't have Jesus? When you have him, one, you know where you are and where you were going. You know, every now and then, my wife takes me with her. She's not always embarrassed to be seen with me. She takes me with her, and I walk in to the store behind her, and I say, well, or, I say, where are we going? I said, well, we're going over here. We're going to look for this, and I follow her around. I'm a faithful, faithful individual, and I follow her around wherever we, we need to go. And sometimes I don't know exactly where we're going. She said, well, I told you, and I didn't listen very well. That's the point. But in Christ, we know where we are and we know where we are going. That's what he told them right here. Secondly, in him you have the security of the one who already belongs. I often thought about Simon Peter when he made it to the high priest, high priest house or whatever, wherever the, they were holding court that evening. And he stands outside the gate until it appears John, who was related and connected, was able to go in and get Peter access to get in. You know, it's nice when you got somebody who has access. I've told the story a time or two when Granville Claps, the preacher, and I were, 
were just about thrown out of a country club because we didn't belong. I don't know how they knew we didn't belong. <laughs> they could just look at us and tell. But when you know someone who already belongs, you've got that connection and you belong. You know, I've, I've read some of the statistics. What is it that attracts and brings people into the congregation, a church congregation such as ours? It's connections with people, people who know them, people who love them, people who already belong. You have the security of the one who already belongs when you have Jesus. And thirdly, as I said already, you are embraced with all the comforts of life in the family. You belong in the family. You can be who you are. You don't have to put up a front. People aren't always going to think you're perfect, always going to think you're wonderful, but they're going to love you. You know, I figured out when I started having children in our household why my mother was upset so much of the time. Children aren't always perfect. My sisters weren't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm being facetious. But you understand, it. you don't have to be absolutely perfect. You don't have to be a front, put up a front and pretend to be something you're not. We're family. We belong together. We're a part of him and related to him. You are embraced with all the comforts of life and of family. Well, I said I'd be brief, and, and I am, but I think it is so important to recognize not just we have a direction, but we have the one who is the way. One of our favorite old hymns that we sang all the time when I was a child growing up was that old song, Trust and Obey. We still sing it sometimes. Good old song. Think about the words. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, way, word, what a glory he sheds on our way. As Jesus spoke to his disciples in John 14, things were just about to change. The events of the coming day would challenge their faith like they had never been challenged in their lives. And he was calling on them, as well as calling on you and me 2,000 years later, to simply trust him, believe in him. And as he told them then, he's telling us now. He's made a place for us in the house of the Father both now and eternally. And as I said, and making a little bit of a play on the word way, but when Jesus said, I am the way, I'm telling you, here's the point. You just gotta, bad grammar, you just gotta know the way. We're going to sing a song of encouragement this morning. Maybe there's someone who's never accepted Christ as word, never obeyed the gospel, never been baptized into Christ, never started that course with him. He is your opportunity. He is the way. If you need to respond to the gospel this morning, you never need to be baptized into Christ, let us, let us share that moment with you and be that opportunity with you this very day. If there is another need you have, we stand ready, waiting to assist you in that as well. If someone needs to come this morning, please take advantage of the opportunity and come. While we stand and sing together.